What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to the Ultimate Breakdown. It is great to be here. Great to have you. I got Hugh and James joining once again. How are you guys today? Good. Good. All right, so uh, let's start off um, talking about this weekend's games, uh, Patriots and Chiefs. Uh, so I think the Chiefs, they're coming off a short week, but uh, their run defense really showed up against Baltimore. I, I think they're going to win this game pretty easily. Um, James, who do you think is going to win this game? Uh, right now, I have the Chiefs, and the only reason is because um, it's kind of really be kind of hard to tell which Patriots team would be able to show up this game. And I'm not talking about like in a sense of like morale-wise, but which what type of offense they'll be running. Uh, now the the Chiefs, their run offense, their run defense isn't that well. Last week, they gave up seven yards of carry against both Baltimore. So I do think that the Patriots may be effective when it comes to Shawnee Michelle and. Um, Buckhart but, and Cam Newton. But, you know, two weeks ago when the Patriots played, they used Cam Newton a lot and didn't run a lot. So just kind of decide which team they want to bring out. Also, uh, it, it's shown that if you run the ball against the Chiefs and control the clock, you might have a chance to kind of keep the offense off the field. I think that would be a great game plan. But it's kind of early on again, kind of like when the Patriots played the Seahawks. So it's early on in the season for them, for their offense to kind of decide what's their identity. And then with the Seahawks, I mean, they can really do anything they want offensively. So – um, I mean, I'm sorry, with the Chiefs, they can do anything they want offensively. So, right now, I'm just – my can't really bet against the Chiefs. Uh, what about you, Hugh? Well, it's a pretty evenly matched game, in my opinion, from a statistical standpoint. You take um, – from an offensive standpoint, the Patriots are eighth, the Chiefs are fifth. Uh, from a defense standpoint, the Patriots are 13th, the, the Chiefs are 11th. And um, when you think about passing the ball, obviously we know the Chiefs are throwing the ball extremely well. And it seems like they're trying to, they, they'll score as many points as they need to score. That is who they seem like they are. Whereas the Patriots, you know, their uh, ability to score a lot of points is going to rest on how well Cam throws the football. But as you know, from a rushing standpoint, you know, um, the Patriots are, are playing good defense, and obviously they're running the ball uh, pretty well. And then, you know, you got the Chiefs who are running the ball decently as well. So the last time these two teams played, it was 23-16, to 16, a very close game. And uh, I anticipate it's going to be a close game. But I think the Chiefs will pull it off because I think the game is not think. I know the game is at uh, Kansas City. Yeah. So it's going to be a heck of a football game, but at the same time, it's going to be – uh, a game where, again, Patrick Mahomes is the X factor. If he makes the plays that he's uh, demonstrated he'll make in big games, I mean, they'll win. If he doesn't, then the, the Patriots will win. But I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Now, Hugh, I got a question for you. Now, I was looking at it. Sonny Michelle and uh, Julian Elman, they are questionable for this game. Now, as a coach, I, I know you guys have to send out the injury reports, you know, early on the week kind of to let people know. But – do you plan for the players when they're questionable or probable? Do you plan for them playing that your game plan or do you just keep it the same or do you have to change it for if they kind of on game day decide I can't go coach or what? Like how do you game plan for that? Cause that's what the Patriots are going to have to probably do. What you plan is that they're going to be there, but you're also able to adjust if they're not. So you go into this thing and it all depends as you know, James, how much practice do these guys get? You know, did they do just walk through, and not participate in any physical part of practice, but is it the same type of reps that they, I mean, same type, I should say, 
plays that they had been running over the last couple of weeks. And if it is, you feel comfortable going into the game that way. If it's not, then obviously you're going to have to make huge adjustments and make them pretty quickly. I get you. I understand that. Another game that's pretty interesting this weekend, I think, is the Raiders and the Bills. Uh, I think when you look at these teams, Derek Carr has played really good this year. Um, I But Josh Allen, like you said last week, James, uh, he's been playing outstanding. Uh, both of these teams, their defenses are struggling right now. Um, but I'm still going with the Bills. I think it's going to be a good week for them to build on. Um, but, Hugh, who are you going with to win this game? Bills. Bills all the way. You know, I think uh... – I think defensively the Bills are better than the Raiders, and I think mm -hmm. the offenses are uh, somewhat comparable, but not because the young quarterback I'm talking about, Josh Allen, is playing out of this world. I mean, he is uh, the second-leading passer in all of pro football. So he's done some really good things. I know we talk about Russell Wilson's 14 touchdowns, but this guy has 10, and uh, Diggs has a lot to do with that. So – I anticipate that they'll score a lot of points early and often, and I think they'll slow the Raiders down somewhat. What about you, James? Well, this game, I, the Raiders have a lot of injuries. They have a lot of people out. Their O-line, their right tackle, Trent Brown, and um, Richie Ignanito, I think that's his name, the Pro Bowl guard, he'll be out also. So I think with that, it's going to hurt them because they won't be able to effectively be able to use Josh Jacobs in the run game. And also, when it comes to um, – the quarterback, their car, um, you know, the game plan when you want to stop him is just keep him away from his checkdowns. I mean, he has those weapons out there, receivers, but he doesn't use them because he just loves his checkdowns. I mean, he's efficient in that. But if you just game plan against that, then you'll be able to stop them. So um, the Bills, you know, that offense is special. I'm really excited for them this year. Um, I hope they do well. But, yeah, um, the Bills all the way. All right, well, let's take it um, to the college football world. So tomorrow night, there's a really good matchup, Georgia and Auburn. Uh, Auburn's ranked seventh, Georgia ranked fourth. This is going to be a key matchup for the SEC and the SEC championship, obviously, but I'm going, with, I'm going with Georgia. I think when you look at them, they got off to a really slow start last week, but at the same time, they put up 32 points in the second half. Now, there is some confusion to their quarterback situation, um, and Bo Nix played great last week against Kentucky. Uh, he had 233 yards. But I just think Kirby Smart is a great coach, and I think Georgia, I think their overall team is better than Auburn's. I'm going with Georgia in this game, not to mention it's at Georgia at home. James, who are you taking in this game? I'm going to have to go with Auburn on this one uh, because of the fact that Georgia still hasn't figured out who their quarterback is going to be. And from playing college um, ball, when you don't really know who your quarterback is, it kind of affects the team. And I think in the NFL you can handle that better, but in college there are different – Play styles, quarterbacks are very different between who they are, especially in college and, like, what you can call, what you're comfortable with. And so Stinson Bennett, he had played a great game last week against Arkansas. Um, but, you know, they also want to um, start JT Daniels. They want to try him out. So they're going to try to do both of them, which can kind of confuse the identity of the offense and then the, also the rhythm too. So I think just Auburn is a complete team right now. Uh, they are still trying to figure things out with the new offensive coordinator there, though, um, at Auburn. But um, this Auburn is going to have too much, especially on defense, and they're going to just be able to um, – I think they're going to be out, out, outpower Georgia for this one. Uh, let me ask you this, James. Who is this game more important for, Georgia or Auburn? Um, honestly, I think it's more important for Auburn, obviously, because the coach um, – the, the head coach um, – you know, I feel like he's been on the hot seat for the past, like, four or five years, and 
I don't know if miraculously he's kept his job just because they finished the season really well. And I think that he needs to get off to a good start. Um, and this is an important game for him, for him to keep his job. And also for the simple fact that just for Auburn and to, they have to beat these games so they can feel confident enough to beat Alabama um, at the end of the year. So, yes, I think it's a more important game for Auburn than it is for Georgia. Uh, who are you taking this game, Hugh? I'm taking the Auburn Tigers, uh, Bo Nix. Uh, again, the guy's played a lot of football in the SEC, you know, and he's done some good things. He's got to play better. We all know that, you know, 16 and 27 last week, 58%, three touchdowns. And he has a big time receiver in Seth Williams, six catches for 112. And when you look at Georgia, I mean, uh, as uh, James just said, Stetson Bennett uh, played well. I mean, 20 of 29 to 11, two touchdowns, but they don't have, and I know it's early in the season, hadn't played a lot of games, but they don't have a go-to receiver at Georgia. Because normally that would emerge. They don't have a go-to running back at Georgia. So I'm really surprised at that because this is Georgia. I mean, there's a lot of great runners, receiver types that have come out of that school. And I don't see that just yet. Whereas Auburn, they're, they're showing that because of Bo Nix, you know, they, they have more uh, firepower, I think, than Georgia does. And then we know defensively, both teams are strong, they're solid, but I think Auburn's just a little bit better. So one's averaging 29 points a game, that being Auburn, and obviously Georgia's playing averaging 37 points a game. So I, I still tip my hat to Auburn. I think they're going to get it done. All right, so um, Aaron Rodgers came out this week, and he says that he sometimes pretends that his helmet does not work so he can call the play. The way I feel about this is I don't – like, obviously, the results you're getting with this, there is no problem with the results you're getting with this. So I don't necessarily want to say I have a problem with it. My problem is now that he has come out and admitted that he does this, it's, ma- it's going to make all sorts of storylines, not to mention the fact that now there's going to be – I feel like there's going to be some sort of conflict with this head coach. Um, so, I nece- I, so I guess I did not necessarily have a problem with him doing it. Um, but I did have a problem with the fact that now he came out and he said he does it. So, Hugh, I want to go to you on this. If you were a head coach, how would you feel if your quarterback was doing this? No, oh, I'd be very disappointed. Mm-hmm. Not that he's doing it, that he's telling. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. you, in a game, a lot of things get done that a lot of a lot of people don't know the common eye watching games will never know never see i have no problem having a quarterback friendly system that allows the quarterback to make plays um, change plays and do all of that but that stuff is kept in house you don't have to talk about that because you just undermine the head coach and just what you just said now becomes a narrative of you know it's going to pit Aaron Rodgers against his head coach. And I just don't think you need that when you're undefeated, have one of the best offenses in football, averaging over 500 yards and lighting it up, passing the ball and running the football. There's no reason to take that on when everybody knows you're one of the best players in the league anyway. So that's a little disappointing that, you know, I'm not surprised. So that's kind of Aaron's personality when he wants to do what he wants to do. He's going to do it. That's just kind of the way it's been. Uh, How do you feel about the James? Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I mean, it just kind of makes the coach look incompetent that the quarterback doesn't, mm, I would say, kind of goes against him or doesn't really trust, you know, what he has vision for the offense. And it's kind of something yeah, you have to keep in house. Also, uh, Aaron Rodgers has had difficulties with head coaches lately. Um, and I feel like he kind of just put that out there in a sense of wanting 
everyone to know that, you know, he knows what he's doing in the pocket and he has pretty much command of the field. And I think he was, he's, I think of more of a, it was a joke, but it's also showing his frustration right. with the play calling. And, and now people in the league know that he has frustration with the play calling and the way that the offenses are being ran. And he wants a more autonomous um, way to be a quarterback. So yeah, you got to keep that kind of stuff in house and just work it out between you. I don't think you have to go to the public and go to talk shows and let them know what's yeah. going on. Well, think about what we're saying. We're talking about a quarterback who's saying this and they're averaging 42 points a game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, for, what do you need to say? Mm-hmm. Just, just play football. I mean, nothing needs to be said. That reg- regardless of who's calling what, it's working. Yeah. And let's just keep it working the way it's working and then great things going to happen for everybody. Yeah. All right. Well, Oklahoma um, suffered a loss that obviously uh, – uh, that was one of my playoff picks, but they suffered a bad loss. Um, they got beat by Kansas State. And, uh, you know, I, I don't see, like, a big problem with Oklahoma here. Maybe not this year, but Lincoln Riley's great coach. Spencer Riley's going to bounce back from this. He's still young. My more my problem is uh, Oklahoma's probably not going to make the playoffs this year, especially because of the fact that this year the eyeball test has got to come in key. And uh, oh, that, when you watch them on Saturday, they did not look like, look like one of the four best teams in the country and that's without the big 10 being in in the conversation um so i don't see them making the playoffs the big 12 can still make the playoffs the problem is i think the big 12 is now going to have a much tougher hill to climb making the playoffs because whether oklahoma made the playoffs before or not they were still a really good win to have in your on your resume if you were another oklahoma team like oklahoma state not that oklahoma's still not a good team to have on your resume but now that win doesn't necessarily look so good um so James, can Oklahoma or the Big 12 still make the playoff? Well, honestly, if you had asked me that two weeks ago, I would have said yes because they, you know, they didn't have a loss. But the reason is because I was just going off the fact of their name, Oklahoma, or like mm-hmm. Ohio State or Alabama. But as the weeks keep going by, I start to realize the importance of having these – kickoff games you know these non-conference games in the beginning of the season is because it kind of shows you where each conference sits versus each conference and so at first I was excited you know all SEC you know all Big 12 you know all um, Big 10 you know you get to play your own teams but I realized that you want that beginning of the year Alabama versus Michigan so you kind of if you see Alabama win or lose or beat up on Michigan or Michigan win you kind of get to see okay now, when Alabama plays Florida, it's like you remember Michigan beat Florida, Alabama. Like you, you, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. when you when you lose against Kansas State and the only other teams they're facing are other Big Twelve teams, you can't really judge and see like how good is Kansas State because the only teams they face are the same teams. Like, and so now I realize that this is the only year that it's really important to go undefeated because that's the only way you can really make it. Because if you have a one loss and the, we can't really put it up against another loss because we're only judging off your conference. So like, honestly, yeah, the SEC is strong, but I don't know how strong they are because we're only facing each other. Mm-hmm. Does it, does it make sense? And so like last year, Mississippi state, we were okay, but we lost to Kansas state last year. And so we saw how we ranked up against one of the big 12 teams, but we need those on. So I think this year, if you don't go undefeated, you shouldn't make the playoffs because we don't really even know how good you are against other conferences until we play those bowl games in those non-conference – I mean, in those playoff games. So I don't think they'll be able to make it. I think that you got to go undefeated in order to make it. Yeah. Um, Jay, or Hugh, 
do you think Oklahoma or the Big 12 can still make the playoffs? Uh, they still can, but I agree with James. It's probably going to – you're probably going to wish you were undefeated. Uh, like you said, they had a terrible loss last week. I mean, they lost to Kansas State, and Kansas State is uh, probably not um, the, the top team below Oklahoma. Um, and it was disappointing, uh, very disappointing. But there's still a chance. There's always a chance. You just never know how this is going to unfold, you know. They're still one of the better teams in the country. They can, they still have a chance to prove that over the next several weeks. And uh, we're going to have to see how this all um, falls out here at the end. The Titans and Steelers game was postponed um, because of COVID concerns. A few Titans players tested positive. Um, I don't see this. I, I do see this potentially happening more throughout the season, games being postponed or maybe potentially canceled. I do not necessarily see the season being canceled, however. Um, Hugh, what is your reaction to hearing the Titans and Steelers uh, being canceled or postponed? Well, I have some really good insight. I'm not going to say who I talked to, but it's not just players. There's coaches mm-hmm. who have COVID, and um, I get it. You know, it, this is something that the league, um, for the most part, has done a great job of, of somewhat policing up to this point. I just think nobody knows really uh, how – these particular players or coaches caught COVID because they've been doing the same thing they've been doing. Um, and so I think that's what everybody's trying to get to the bottom of. And, and you said it, these things are going to come up. Hopefully it doesn't cancel the season, but just imagine we just had a NFL game that was scheduled canceled. First, we talked about moving it to Monday or Tuesday. Then it comes out, they're going to move it to week seven. And then that's when that game will be made up. So sounds like Pittsburgh will not have a bye. And obviously Tennessee will not have a bye. They'll play, play this thing out without a bye. And so players are accustomed to having that one-week bye. That's not going to happen for either one of those organizations. So that's something to, to really kind of monitor as we go. But these things are going to happen. We hope that this is the end of it. You know, but I think uh, all the data and everything that's been going on tells us that this could happen to more teams in the future here pretty soon. What was your reaction to this, James? The only thing I really was thinking about was how this affect players, you know, and how they react. You know, um, a lot of players have families. A lot of players, um, I talked to some players one-on-one, you know, they, on their off days, they want to spend it with their family. And so I could, I mean, will some families say, hey, you know, we want you to play, but at the same time, we don't want you to get, you know, um, you don't want you to get COVID. And, you know, you know, you know, as a player, you don't want to infect your family with COVID or anything like that, put them in health. So uh, you saw some players in Embassy. How, you know, how they feel with player safety? The NFL is doing the best they can. I think they've been doing a great job. They've been monitoring and they know who has it. But, you know, also like what um, Hugh said, those bye weeks are crucial. You need those. You need that. You need that rest and that downtime. But also at the same time, imagine being a player and you can't go home now on your off day to go and spend time with your family because, you know, of COVID or just because things are the, they want to, now they want to put you in a bubble kind of like, like the bubble in NBA and the bubble in NFL are different. And uh, in, in, in the NFL, if you're in the bubble, it's a lot of mental, you know, taking those hits. It's a lot. You need you need that family time. You need that 
unbarbaric time. In the NBA, I think you can handle it a bit easier. But even they still had to bring the family in for the playoffs. So it's just my thing is player reaction. How will they react? Will you see some players start to sit out or for a go of the season? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it is their job, but uh, it's just, you know, it's sad to see it, you know, but they had to do it. They had to, do to keep everybody healthy and safe. I was speaking of NFL last night. Uh, the Jets took a bad loss um, to the Broncos. Um, so should the Jets potentially move off Sam Darnold if they have the opportunity? They got a rough stretch of games here. Um, if they have the opportunity to draft someone like Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, I personally think they should. Uh, I love Sam Darnold. He made that play yesterday. He made a couple, but he made that one that made him look like Lamar Jackson yesterday. But Adam Gase, he, his head coach probably lost his job last night, and I wish Adam Gase the best, but he probably lost his job yesterday. And I don't see the Jets winning enough games to potentially be out of a top three spot with a chance at Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. And I think Sam Darnold is going to have a successful career somewhere else. Um, but I, I think they're going to move off Sam Darnold, and I think they should. Nothing against Sam Darnold, um, but he has regressed. And part of that is because of New York, but he has regressed a little bit. And I think Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields might be the answer. Um, but, James, do you think they should move off Sam Darnold if they have the opportunity to add Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields? Um, I don't think so. I think it's really hard to find a good quarterback in NFL with, you know, some game, in-game reps and some seasons. You go over the new quarterback, a like rookie, I think it'll set the Jets back a little bit further. Also, they have a lot of holes in their offense and defense, and it kind of reflects on how Sam Donald plays. And last night, he looked good. You know, and the team, they still have – they still play with a lot of fire. That was actually the best 0-3 game I think I've seen. 0-3 teams going against each other that I've seen in a while. Both teams were fighting. They were scrappy. They looked like they really cared about the season. They didn't look down like they just didn't want to play. So, I do think there needs to be a coaching change. But I think the players want to win. They want to play. But I think it's more so general manager needs to get a good, a good player personnel in there to be able to – um, compliment Sam Darnold because he's athletic. You see it on his play. He can throw very well. I just think he doesn't have many weapons and many options to be able to, to actually thrive and be the best quarterback he can be. Uh, Hugh, do you think if they have an opportunity uh, at Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, they should move off Sam Darnold? No, not, not even close. Um, Sam Darnold is not the problem. I mean, their problem is the surrounding cast for Sam Darnold. Who is he throwing to? You know any of those receivers? I don't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, uh, Bell is not playing. I mean, this guy is a, is a good football player. I mean, he needs help. He needs a better offensive line to protect him. He needs better receivers to throw to. He needs a defense that's going to stop people for him. I'm going to say it again. In order to make these young quarterbacks successful, the team has to be ready for him. And I don't think the New York Jets is ready for Sam Darnold. So, to me, if you go mortgage another first-round pick on another quarterback, um, I think you would be hurting the organization because I think they got a bunch of other holes, and I don't think it's Sam Brown. Let me ask you this, you So, like, there are a lot of people who are saying, you know, Trevor Lawrence is the best prospect they've seen since Andrew Luck, and maybe even better than Andrew Luck. And, I'm, and I understand everything is not about necessarily how good of a prospect you are. Because we, we know that there are a lot of good prospects that have been busting the NFL. But what happens if you have a top two pick or let's say you get the number one pick and you, and you pass on Trevor Lawrence and then Trevor Lawrence turns out to be 
this great quarterback. I is like, is that a concern for the Jets, or should it be? It's a concern if you think Sam Darnold is not the quarterback that you thought you were picking a few years back. If that's where you are, then obviously you have to take the best quarterback in the draft. I just don't think that that's the thought process. I don't think that the thought is the issue is Sam Darnold. You know, I think the issue is everywhere else. And I don't think as an organization, uh, you look at the incoming draft and project that this guy is going to be what he is in college just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to have to prove that, you know, and just no different than what Sam's having to prove. Um, so I just, that's a hard decision to make. Um, but at the same time, we've seen people do it. I mean, obviously the Cardinals just did it recently with Kyler Murray when it came to Josh Rosen. So um, those are discussions that will go on in their building. But uh, again, I don't think that Sam Darnold's the issue. Also, you never know who's going to be that guy. If you think about when Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, and Phillip Rivers got drafted in that draft, I think it was the Chargers that wanted Eli. He didn't want to go. I think I, if I have it right. And then the Giants end up drafting, I think, I, I can't get it mixed up, but they all were trying to scramble because, you know, Eli didn't want to go somewhere. And then they wanted Phillip Rivers. So the Chargers made a trade with the Giants to get Eli for Phillips. But the whole time, Ben Roethlisberger is sitting there and nobody's picking him up. Mm-hmm. And so, and everybody, everybody's, you know, trying to get, go for Eli. And yeah, Eli won Super Bowls with the Giants and no one really, really, but, you know, even wanted Phillip Rivers and everyone kind of looked over Ben Roethlisberger. He ended up winning a Super Bowl for the Steelers. So you never know in a draft who's going to be that guy to get you to the Super Bowl, to get you the wins that you're going to need. So with that, it's a big risk anyway. But if you have a good, solid quarterback, you don't really – I don't feel like you need to just go, go get the next good, solid quarterback just because you think like, oh, this could be it and just keep dumping out quarterbacks. Because then you look up and – you, know, you didn't build your team up. You didn't grab the guys that you need to grab, the running backs, the linemen, the receivers. You know, you can't just keep betting on a, the whole quarterback every draft. You have to kind of go what you got, and then you know you know who if you, they're going to work out or not. But that draft shows a lot of you never – like that draft in particular shows you never know who will be the guy. I'm not necessarily saying that Sam Darnold is the problem, but I would say this. First of all, when you look back to the – to the draft that you drafted him. When he was coming out of college, he was as good of he wasn't he was a good prospect, but he was nowhere near the level of prospect that Trevor Lawrence is. And the other thing I would say is Sam Darnold has been wildly inconsistent. And I get it, he's thrown to to receivers that we don't even know the name of. But if you go back last year, and this is why I said I wouldn't I this is why I said I would not bench Carson Wentz. Last year he was throwing to nobody, and he carried that Eagles team to the playoff. Now, the Jets are way worse than the Eagles were last year. I'm not making an argument. I'm not saying Sam Darnold has not shown glimpses or even games. He's shown games where it's like he can be the franchise quarterback. But he's also shown games like last week where, he, where a lot of those picks last week were on him. They were just bad reads. And I get it. He's young. Um, that's all. I, I would make the argument that I don't think it's necessarily the same situation um, of moving on to the next quarterback because this quarterback coming up is, is the same as the level of prospect is much higher than the prospect of Sam Darnold was. Who's telling you that because he won the national championship. I mean, what, what, what are you saying that he does so much better than Sam Darnold? Well, I would say his accuracy is better and his arm strength. His arm strength. Yeah. You sure of that? 
Because Sam Darnold can throw a football now. That's what I'm saying. We need to make sure of that. I mean, you need to see both of those guys live and in person to make that assumption. You know, and I'm not fighting for Southern Cal Pac-12 guys. But I think when you look at this kid, um, put Sam Darnold at Clemson and could he win there? Yeah. Absolutely. Put Trevor Lawrence at the Jets and could he win there right now? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So we're, we're judging everything against Sam Darnold because of a fail attempt to put a team together for him. And so it looks like maybe he's not the prospect, you know, that maybe Trevor Lawrence has a chance to be. I think you can really fall down a slippery slope there for your organization when you start making those kind of decisions. To me, Josh Rosen and Kyler Murray, it wasn't even close. Yeah. But then also Kyler Murray, but also Kyler Murray is thriving because of Hopkins now. I mean, last year he was good, but now like he has a number one receiver and look at it. The coach, they figured out that they had to give him more weapons. Quarterbacks don't – people fail to realize – everybody keeps talking about franchise quarterbacks and Hall of Fame quarterbacks. My challenge to both of you, these Hall of Fame quarterbacks, these franchise quarterbacks, go look and see who they're throwing to. They're throwing to big-time receivers. If you find a big-time quarterback, he's got a big-time receiver that he's throwing to. And just – they go hand and It's like – Basketball, when they talked about Michael Jordan, Batman and Robin, him and Scottie Pippen. Any quarterback that's worth his salt is going to have a receiver that's a good player, that's an all-pro, and might be a Hall of Famer himself that he's throwing to. And just the way it works, it won't happen (laughs) at all. All right, and speaking of last night's game, it ended a little rough. Uh, They didn't shake hands, and when, when they asked Denver about it, he said it was he, – he just said it because he, did, he didn't want it to escalate or any fights break out. Um, but many people believe that had something to do with the uh, hits on uh, the Broncos quarterback. So, um, Hugh, I want to ask you – and I'm not and I'm not asking anything about Greg Williams because I don't think he's that type of guy. I think he obviously is an aggressive coach, but that, who wouldn't want your defensive coach to be aggressive? Um, do you – was there a big problem with those hits? They were penalties, but were they um, – do you see any sort of motive with those hits? No, I mean, me knowing Greg, like you said, Greg's a very aggressive coach. He's going to coach his players aggressively. I think it was just the whole game. I think when you walk back through it all and see how many personal fouls that the Jets had, I think it was culminating at the end. The game was kind of decided and you're still knocking the crap out of the quarterback. Mm -hmm. So at some point in time, you know, there's a unwritten rule in the league that when the game is in hand and it's really kind of done, you don't have to go mm-hmm. over the top, you know, per se. And I think that's something that the coaching staff at the Jets, they got to be in charge of, you know. Um, I think that's really important. And you cross that line, then players do take it into their own hands. And so I think that's what the coaches were concerned about last night. Uh, how did you view those hits, James? Um, they were bad. I think it was just the fact of frustration. I mean, they started getting worse as the, the game got on because they were losing. And, I mean, they were trying to win, obviously, but they were hoping to win. But I think it's just the frustration to going 0-4 and the coaching staff. I mean, yeah, your coaches are supposed to be able to bring the guys back, reel them back in, be like, all right, guys, like, let's, let's play with uh, sportsmanship. Let's, like, you know, let's mm-hmm. cut this out. But it shows you that the coach doesn't have any um, – 
control over the team. I mean, obviously that's if that that's the that's another reason why he shouldn't be the head coach. I mean, that that's 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 pretty much there right right in your face. So uh, it just shows just a lack of um, the coaching being able to be a leader and just and just getting the guys to just dial back in, have sportsmanship, and it shows the frustration of the players not being happy with losing and not you know being able to pull out a win. Yeah, I agree. And I'm not I'm not defending the Jets by any means, sir. But at the same time, I feel that when you're up by two possessions, you can have taken knee and just give the ball over the Jets instead of having him. First of all, the linemen want the defense, the the offensive line want the defense come right through. Um, and secondly, they they were lining up their quarterback after their starter was already hurt, Drew Locke. So I I feel like that was poor coaching on both sides. Um, at that point in the game. Um, but let's go to uh. Our picks here. So obviously we all lost uh, yesterday. We all picked the Jets and they lost. Um, but let's go here. Indianapolis and Chicago. I'm going with Indianapolis. I think they're getting hot right now. Uh, James, who are you picking? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Bears. I think Khalil Mack and uh, Nick Foles is gonna pull it out. They they know who their quarterback is right now. So I think the Bears are gonna go ahead and get them a dub. What about you? Tough one for me, but I think uh, I think the Colts will win this game. Jacksonville and Cincinnati, Joe Burrow is starving for that first win. I'm go- I'm going with the I'm going with the Bengals. Uh, who are you going with, Hugh? I'm going with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. What about you, James? I I think that he's gonna finally eat eat this weekend. I think he's gonna finally you know uh, get that W. It's time for Joe Burrow to get a win. I think last week was the the was it. I think it was it for him. I think he'll get a win this week. Cleveland Dallas. Uh, I got to say, outside of the quarterback, I think these two teams are extremely similar talent-wise. But I'm still going with Dallas. Uh, who are you going with, James? Woo! <laughs> it's a tough one. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with the Browns. I'm going to go with the Browns in this one. I feel like they're going to bring out the running game, and the safeties are a big concern for me for Dallas. And I'm going to go with the Browns on this one. What about you, Hugh? It won't be close. The Cowboys will put a whooping on these guys. They <laughs> really do. And I was wrong last week. I thought Washington would play better. I think the Cow- this is going to be the Cowboys' statement game. They need to come out because the division is where it is right now. They can kind of take control of it. They can go get a victory. I think they're going to play extremely well this weekend. I think this, all- this game also means more for Dallas than it does for Cleveland because – if Dallas goes out and loses to Cleveland, it, it just does not look great for Dallas. If Cleveland goes out and loses to Dallas, it's not as big of a deal. Um, but let's go with New Orleans and Detroit. I'm going with uh, Drew Brees came off a rough loss last week. They're coming off two straight losses, but I think they're going to win this week. Who are you going with, you? I'm going with New Orleans. What about you, James? I'm going to go to Saints, too. Uh, Seattle and Miami. Uh, I think Seattle's going to roll in this game. Who are you going with, James? Uh, yeah, Seattle Seahawks all the way. Uh, James, or I'm sorry, Hugh. Seahawks. All right, uh, Charger, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is hot right now. I'm going Tampa Bay. Who are you going with, Hugh? Tampa Bay. James. Yeah, I'm there. Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm going yeah. with Bucks. Okay. Uh, Baltimore and Washington. Baltimore, uh, they got embarrassed last week, but I think they're going to bounce back this week. Who are you going with, uh, James? The Ravens. What about you, Hugh? The Ravens. 
Arizona and Carolina, I'm going with Arizona. I think Kyler Murray is going to bounce back this week. Uh, Hugh, who are you going with? Uh, I think Arizona. I think they got a chance. I hope they don't disappoint me again this week. <laughs> what about you, James? Part of me wants to go with Carolina, but um, I have faith in the Cardinals right now this year. Um, I think last week was just a wake-up call for them, all those turnovers. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with um, the Cardinals. All right, Minnesota and Houston, both of these teams are desperate for a win. I think Deshaun Watson's going to get his first win of the season. Who are you going with, uh, James? Um, the only reason I'm going to Texans is because their first three games against the best teams in the AFC, and I still think they're a good team. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Texans on this one. What about you, Hugh? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. This, was, this one is the one that is um, biting me. Um, because the Vikings, you, you watched Dalvin Cook last week just put up a unbelievable game, right? So uh, I think Minnesota's offense gets going. Um, I think their defense is going to play better. They got to play better. I think Minnesota's going to win this game. All right, Giants and Rams. I don't think it's going to be close. I think the Rams are going to win this one easily. Hugh, who are you going with? Rams. James? Rams. So Philadelphia and San Francisco, uh, I think this is an interesting one because obviously Carson Wentz has struggled this year. I, I, I still believe in Carson Wentz. I think, uh, I think Philadelphia is going to get the job done. Obviously, if San Francisco is healthy, I'd pick them. And they, and they, and they were impressive against uh, the Giants last week. But I'm going with Philadelphia. Who are you picking here? I'm taking the 49ers and Coach Cal Shanahan, who is an offensive wizard. Um, He'll find a way to score enough points and just to watch what Nick Mullins did last week. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I think they will do it again. Uh, who are you going with, James? You know, I have faith in Carson Wentz. I just don't have faith in the Eagles right now. Mm. Um, they just don't, can't put it together, you know. And so I'm going to have to go with the 49ers. Yeah, um, Mullins played like it was his team. <laughs> I was almost like, who's the starting quarterback? <laughs> it's going to be – Almost a quarterback controversy. Okay, it's not really because Jimmy yeah. Jimmy G is really good. But, yeah, the 49ers. All right, well, uh, Monday night, we'll wrap up the uh, schedule. Uh, Atlanta and Green Bay. Uh, I, Green Bay, is, I think, is going to win this game. But I do think it's potentially be closer than people think. Obviously, with this, with the news we talked about earlier with Aaron Rodgers, but nonetheless, Green Bay is going to win this game, I think. Uh, who you picking, James? Got Green Bay, but people – Seem to think Atlanta's a bad team. They're not a bad team. They just keep mm-hmm. giving, blowing leads. Yeah. Every team they've been up against, they've had like a two, three touchdown lead. So I think it'll be a, a close game too, like how you said. But um, Aaron Rodgers right now is on fire. So Packers. Who are you picking, uh, Hugh? I'm taking the Packers. I don't think um, Atlanta will play as well. Everybody's talking about how good Atlanta's offense is, and they are. But this Packers defense is pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll slow them down. And I think um, I don't think Atlanta will have an answer for the Packers offense. All right. Well, uh, we got a great weekend of football coming up. We've got uh, good SEC football, good college football tomorrow. Tonight we got the finals. Hugh, I know you're picking the Lakers. I'm picking the Lakers. Are you picking the Lakers tonight, James? Uh, I'm going with the Heat in seven. <laughs> what? <laughs> you're going to do, James. James, you, <laughs> James, are you willing to – to sign off on that and bet on that? Yeah, I am. Heat and seven. You are? What, what's the bet? You uh, name the bet. I want this. <laughs> I want people to give away free money. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All 
You're gonna have to DM me on that one because I got the heat in seven. Jimmy uh uh Jimmy Butler, he was sitting on the bench and he was like, All right, I think he gonna have the boys dialed in. I seen his head popping. You have never <laughs> seen LeBron James do that. <laughs> hey, Mike did it and then he came in and he dropped fifty. So I think Jimmy gonna come in and hit about forty on him. He can have uh, forty, but LeBron might have fifty tonight. <laughs> I got the heat in seven. Wow. I got to bet with my cousin right now too. Yeah, I got the heat in seven. Look, I'm just telling y'all, just don't sleep on don't sleep on the heat. They have a bunch of dogs. They got some animals on the team, man. So, so what do you think? That, so the Lakers don't have any dogs. They don't have no bird animals neither. They they do. They got some. They got some chihuahuas and a couple of dogs. Wow. Oh, wow. Well, last time I looked at the heat this <laughs> uh, the other day, they were playing with poodles. <laughs> poodles, some poodles versus some Dobermans, huh? That's right. No, nah, I think the Heat's a bunch of pit bulls. They're ready to go. But, yeah, so uh, I got the Heat in seven. I didn't realize I was going to get that reaction out of y'all. <laughs> All right, well, that is going to wrap it up for the ultimate breakdown. Uh, Tuesday, we might find out who won this series. Uh, the Heat. Or, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, the Heat in seven. I love it. Nice job there, Robert. That'll win, Charlie. <laughs> he said Tuesday. All right, guys. All right. Have a great day, everyone. Mm-hmm.